probably a risk for me to talk about women, but it's kind of had that theme going through the, the readings today. So for what it's worth, we know in our day and age we hear a lot about how the Bible or the church, they're so male chauvinist, they're so anti-woman, and, and woman is just such a, a lower class citizen according to the church and the Bible. And then you read some of the things that are put there. And we don't necessarily deny that in cultures of, of times past, and even some of today's cultures, the culture itself might have a low esteem perhaps for one group or another group or for women or otherwise. But um, when you read the Bible, in the midst of a culture that may have been that way, the Bible and the church's teachings at times surprising, surprise us, I think, at times. When you read about this, this even the creation of women, whether it's mythical or, or symbolic or, or, or literal, we don't know, but um, the idea of man not being enough unto himself. Male chauvinism would have said, man's just fine by himself. And yet the Bible says, no, he's not. He needs something else to complement. He's not perfect, literally perfected, complete by himself. There's a need for more in creation. And she's the climax of creation. She's the last, everything else is leading up towards, not man, he's not the last one, towards her, you could say. And woman is always an image of the church, by the way, a little footnote, but um, she's the highlight. And when man beholds woman for the first time with the innocence of his gaze, before sin, before the fall and the darkness over his intellect, what was his response? Oh, this, this is, at least not a servant here to do what I need, need to do for me. She can, she can click the clicker and, and, and cook my food for me. No. What was his response? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby says his response was, Whoa, man! And the name stuck. That esteem, that, that, that high lifting up, and, and they looked upon each other, even though they were naked, they felt no shame. Kind of, if you want, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago, that purity of heart. To, to be seen and to see the other. And that was the intent, and of course, with sin, other stuff happens, and the mind of man and women is darkened, and there's this struggle, but it's, it's a high elevation, the way the Bible teaches us she is lifted up. And then you see throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible in these different cultures, and, and where there may have been a male dominance, you, you still see heroines in the, in the Bible. Ruth, Esther, etc., all these, these great women lifted up as our models. You get to the New Testament, you see Jesus, the way he treats women as a rabbi and as a Jewish man, that culture had some norms about how many women were to treat each other. And you see Jesus not always keeping those societal norms. Sometimes you hear the, the phrase, well, the reason the church is, is um, the church thinks that Jesus was like, didn't want women to be priests but really he was just following societal norms of his time. If he would have been around in our modern age, he might have made women priests. And we can speculate about that, but I'm always struck that Jesus did not simply follow societal, cultural norms of his day. He had no problem going against them at times. We could speculate whatever, whatever he may have done or not, but he had an esteem for women. And he had a role for, for them, various roles for them, and various roles for men but it wasn't an insult. It wasn't intended as a, a sliding. If our Lord did not want them perhaps to be priests because of other roles they would play, who knows? But the church has always not wanted to slight them, but to lift them up in other ways. Watch how he treats this woman. 
who comes to him. This Greek, this, this, first of all, she's it's like a double negative if you take the male chauvinist approach. First, she's not even Jewish, and she's a woman. If she comes to him, my Lord, Rabbi, my daughter's sick, he could have said to her, well, go get your husband, I don't deal with you. Tell your husband to come bring his problems of your family to me. He's the head of the household, I want to talk to him. No, he talks to her. Now he challenges her. It's not right to get to the non-Jews, the pagan dogs, what is meant for the children. But when she responds with faith, he rewards her. This is Mark's version. Matthew's version, I think, has her say, has Jesus say to her, Oh woman, great is your faith. Hey, you men, look at this person. Look at her faith. Men, women, all generations who read this story, look at this woman. So our Lord's view, the church's view, it's not bound to societal, cultural norms of the times the Bible was written in. It surpassed the cultural norms of its time. And follow the ages, it's not that, yes, the church is human, and so sometimes we are kind of struggling with our, our cultural limitations, if you will. But through the generations, if anything, the church wasn't behind the times, the church was ahead of the times, leading towards the fullness of understanding of the equality between men and women and dignity that was lost early on. And you see, it's the church who writes things like on the dignity of women that John Paul II wrote. It's the church that writes some of the most extraordinary passages about the beauty and the tremendous role and talents that women are called to contribute. It's the church that puts women, women in positions that decades ago no country may have given them in those times and in those cultures. We do ask the Holy Spirit to continue to enlighten us to the gifts that He's given all of us, to the identity that we have as sons and daughters of God. And we ask the Holy Spirit to heal us from anything that, any lens maybe that may be twisted about how we see the church's view, the Bible view of women, that we would see clearly and not dismiss as, a, as an insult what may be a beautiful mystery of the way God has made men and women. I hope I didn't offend anybody, but we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and open all of our minds. Amen? Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.